0: and rental card podcast with your host, Top Fuel
1: Cam, Cameron Buret, and his co-host, it's Mr. It's top Sportsman, Don O'Neill.
2: What's going on there, West Coast Cam? It's very
1: early in the morning, so not much. Me still trying to rub my eyeballs to wake up. What are you doing?
2: Well, I've been up up for quite a while. Uh, So for you to be talking about rubbing your eyeballs, I think you you need to get on that petition where we're all in the same time zone. No more time zone nonsense. If I'm up and it's 4 o'clock in the morning, you should be up at 4 o'clock in the morning on the West Coast. That's just the way I see it. Let's all get on one page.
1: Well, here's the problem with that. We were in one time zone. We were actually standing next to each other taking pictures, and we still can't figure out how to record a damn podcast while we're together. So, sorry, fans. Oh,
2: man. I cannot believe, like,
1: so. Don was too busy, like, showing off his brand new beautiful race car and winning best appearing car awards and, you know, signing autographs, kissing babies while I was working like a dog. (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh, come on now, Are you were you really working like a dog? I mean, I came by there a couple times, and you looked more like you were probably like working like a chihuahua or something. More than anything, come on.
1: Well, I mean, hey, there's a lot of fight in those things, so I'm just saying,
2: <laughs> dude. I'm telling you, for our listeners out there, we had the, the, I guess the. I'm going to call it so far for our our podcast uh, career here, epic fail. Um, we were, were really po- good at those. Yeah, I mean we're. We thought we were we were planning on being able to record our podcast. We were gonna take a tour of a very high profile motorsports individual in their podcast uh studio in Charlotte and and I ended up being on Joe O's hub Dino at Hyperactive for one additional day, which slowed my travel plans down. You had things logistically come up on the West Coast, slowed your travel plans down, and I think we both en- standard procedure for me. <laughs> which I mean, we both ended up in Charlotte. I think on Thursday, uh, and we were supposed to go do all this on Wednesday. So um, we had that huge teaser, and we failed. So if you want to leave us uh, co- uh, comments and criticisms at hate mail at com, please, by all means, go ahead and send them away. Um, but I think uh, I think the production team ran a pretty good episode about the traveling circus. It, it, you know, they ran that as an encore for us, and we were definitely part of the traveling circus last week. Um, I had some clown shoes on. Absolutely. Dude,
1: I've been wearing my clown shoes for, what is it, seven or eight races now? Uh, I it's a lot. Like, this is my first time, like, doing, like, kind of the full tour thing. Like, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot living in California because to, to the travel, like, once you go to the East Coast, man, like, I don't even know what a freaking day it is. Like, I fly home. Like, what did I get home from? Uh, 130
2: in the morning is, yeah. is the picture yeah. I got.
1: <laughs> yeah. I landed at 130 and then had to drive or Ubered an hour home, and it was pouring rain when I got home. And then I went to my parents' house to pick up my car. And then drove home, got home at like 2.30, and then my poor little guy, he was he was having a hard night. So he was sleeping with my wife, and I put him in bed. He finally went to sleep, put him in bed. I laid him in his crib, put my head on the pillow, and he started crying again. <laughs> so <laughs> I uh, I got up at like, I don't know, I went to sleep finally by like 3.30, and then was up at 5 going to work.
2: Heck yeah, you responded very quickly on the text message on Monday morning when I asked if you were alive, and you were like, 60 minutes of sleep, I'm good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, We had all that that high-five energy over the weekend, so we're good.
2: Is that what it was? Oh, shameless plug there. That's okay. No, no harm, no foul. Well, I know, uh, I, I guess let's get all the good stuff out of the way. Man, I did see a few Racers and Rental Cars t-shirts this past weekend in Charlotte. One was yeah, in, man. one was in the stands that I saw from the suite. Uh I was not able to get a good photo. Yes, that was a, another shameless plug there. Thank you to the NGK staff for allowing my wife and I to uh hang out in the suite all weekend when we probably should have been on the racetrack. But uh we had uh as Cam knows all about, some mechanical issues. Um so yeah, we like the racers and rental cars. Apparel stores going strong. Thank you all very much for buying our t shirts and wearing them. Uh Cam, you want to talk about your uh, score there for uh, our Instagram contest? Hey, man!
1: Everybody was just out there not doing anything, so I, you know, I had to help out and and uh, get that t-shirt next to that Enterprise, Enterprise or whatever rental car choice you use. I think I'm using Alamo today. Um, I'll have to see what I can do, but uh, got the cocktail at the rental car counter, and then somebody told me they're like, "That's not." Uh, my buddy. Nick screenshotted it and sent me a thing that said, that's not the rental car counter. I said it was six inches from the photo. (laughs) It's like, yeah, right. So I'm going to have to get a better one. So if I I get another one, it's going to be co-host two, listeners zero. But hopefully after the weekend because we just got a bunch of shirt orders. So hopefully uh, we'll be getting some more.
2: Yeah, I think with especially the fact that this is going to be airing during the Atlanta weekend, um, that's a long drive from Commerce back to the Atlanta airport. There should be a lot of rental cars going on and so forth. So we should be able to get some racers and rental cars at the rental car counter with an alcoholic beverage. Yes, I said alcoholic beverage in your hand while you're signing the contract. That would be perfect. Please snap that picture. Send it out there. Let's go viral. Um,
1: Now, mind you, for all of you that have asked me, no, I was not drinking and driving. I was not drinking that until I got to where I was going. Just uh, so you.
2: And why would people even ask that? Don't they know who you are? You have a chauffeur. Someone drives Cam everywhere. Cam does it's not true. drive. This is a
1: true story. Cause every time I drive a rental car, apparently I wreck it. So
2: he hits lawn, lawn, landscape, landscape art in the, in the yard and stuff. So yeah, we don't, they don't let Cam drive cause it increases the expenses on the fuel team.
1: Yeah, you don't get the nickname Crash Cam to coot for nothing.
2: <laughs> you got a lot of you got a lot of nicknames there, Cloudy Cam. Yeah, man, I well, do. Well, hey, I know. Uh, like I said, we apologize for missing the podcast last week. We weren't going to miss two in a row, so let's um, let's talk about Charlotte Cam. We're going into Atlanta this week uh looks like the weather should be fairly decent so we everybody will be listening to this during their travels on sunday and monday when they're traveling home um charlotte was uh not too good to you not too good to me but uh at the same point we were grateful for our best appearing award for our ngk uh pro stock ls combo in top sportsman (laughs)
1: I'm just a little bummed that I didn't get a photo of the little mini Wally strapped like everybody does into the car, like like a car seat on the way home. Well, didn't get that photo.
2: Here, uh, Let's throw this out here because we know we talk a lot about marketing and taking care of your partners and so forth, right? We, we're, we're big on that. We try to educate uh, the, our listeners, whether young or old. So as soon as we got the best appearing Wally, we went back to the trailer and we went back up to the suite so we could watch um, final qualifying of pros, and that wally was presented to the vice president of NGK in the suite, and it made its way back to Wixom, Michigan, and is back in the headquarters. So.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I'll, uh, I'll, I. That's that was a good, right? good move. Yeah. I'll go, that. I'll go. go for that.
2: There you go. There you go. You take it. I mean, NGK, NGK. None of the,
1: none of the listeners will uh, will beat you up like you know maybe you should tag me in the next thing that she post absolutely
2: i will totally <laughs> tag you in the next photo uh but no we did we for us to go uh i mean like we talked about for us to go from um basically a car on a hub dyno on monday and tuesday to actually uh getting off the starting line <laughs> at charlotte we, we were very happy of all the things that we overcome both Internally and externally, and we were grateful for everybody that came by, said hello to Diane, uh, shared their stories, hugs, well wishes, and so forth. We appreciated that drastically, and I cannot say enough about the, the NGK team for taking care of us. And, Cam, did you know that I actually did win a round of racing at ZMAX this past weekend?
1: Tell me it was in a rental car.
2: It was in a rental car. It was on Thursday night. We had NGK uh, Customer Appreciation Night and Megan Meyer and myself, uh, which we didn't get to pick. The NGK staff picked the teams. And my team dominated. The Megan Meyer nice. team dominated. And then it, it well, I say dominated. It ended up in a tie. We had to come we had to come from behind. We were down two. Two wins, and we came from behind. And then, so of course, in all good ties, we had to have a runoff for the team captains. So I had to show Megan, you know, those A fuel racers out there they they don't really know how to foot brake. They never. So I had to, you know, which she did get me on the reaction time, but I destroyed her going down the racetrack, and I made sure, you know, she she told everybody that she had the better light, which she did. She rolled it in a little deep she really did uh what'd you
1: do uh what'd you do turn her air conditioner on halfway uh, down the track and then turn yours off or what
2: no they so we were running ss camaros which was like really cool right so it has which i didn't really remember until about the halfway through the first round there's a mode in there on the on the console and so i kept changing it until i found the sport mode you cheating bastard hey you ain't (laughs) trying if you ain't cheating or maybe you ain't cheating if you ain't trying anyway so uh we uh yeah it was great i ended up with the low et for the two days because they had two days of uh, events there for customers and, and companies i had low et for for both days and uh then we went on and and destroyed them we my team took first second and third place so we were we were golden. I I dominated there. I'm pretty happy about it. You know, uh, Joe Costello was the MC. We had a good time. Megan and I were kind of bannering it up a little bit and got to see a little bit different side of Megan. She had a little bit of uh, aggressiveness in her there. She had a couple little one liners, jabs that she was throwing at me. So that <laughs> it was a good time.
1: Very cool. Nice.
2: Uh, I like it. Well, so my takeaway from Charlotte. We need to do a better job of educating our fans once the pro sessions are done. On Saturday, from the suites, I saw hundreds and probably small numbers of thousands of fans leave the grandstands right after pro qualifying at like 4 o'clock in the afternoon and head to the parking lot. It's because they heard I
1: wasn't going to make a run, so... (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh maybe I, I must have been eating like a piece of cheesecake or something in the suite and i didn't hear that that could that could totally be a you know a, a good um a good reasoning that could be a good um uh, i mean you know, it had
1: to be that it had to be that I mean, but
2: well i i mean we had a great week i mean weather wise don't get me wrong friday was crazy did you i mean we went from we had all the seasons on friday we had warmth we had cold. We had hail. We had rain. We had wind. The only, I mean, the only thing we didn't have was snow. It seemed like we had. Dude,
1: it has rained at every single event I've been to this year.
2: There are people in Atlanta right now that are praying <laughs> that your, your plane does not make it.
1: <laughs> Don't say that because.
2: <laughs> yeah, because your wife's flying with you this weekend. So yeah. Yes,
1: sir. Yes, sir. Ah. And, my, and my little, my little guys staying home with grandma and grandpa. I'm going going to Palm Springs and. Yeah,
2: the kid's not even suck. the kid's not even a year old yet. He's already jet setting to Palm Springs and hanging out. This, His this, name is Jet. Hello. I'm just saying. I I can't. I I, I just. I look. mean,
1: dude. Every time I open up a magazine or look online, the poor guy's on doing something, doing some sort of promotions or something. I I got a text last night that he was in. Uh, I think my yeah, Angie sent it, and she's like, "Did you see this?" And there's a picture of him in fricking uh, Drag Illustrated. <laughs> no kidding already it was it was was a family photo of us or whatever but yeah and then he goes to a car show over the weekend with my with my parents and my he's got that little car that yeah 57 chevy or whatever stroller it's like stops the presses and supposedly he's going to be in the newspaper for that because they want to use him for like the cover shot of next year's thing i'm like
2: this fool you better I'm i'm gonna start making money on this guy already you better get the kid a good agent not the one that represented you when you were back, yeah. Jack Frost, in it. No kid, get, get him a good agent.
1: <laughs> She's fired. <laughs> I'm, just gonna, I'm gonna get Don O'Neill at Streetway Marketing to to be his agent.
2: Hey, we take very minimal percentage rates. We we like to give back to our customers. There you go. All right. So that being said, I want to I to get somebody on the phone that uh has been around a while on both sides of the fence. Uh, from racing to marketing to promoting to being involved as a writer publisher, <clears throat> we got a jack of all trades. I think that's how you say it respectfully to old people when uh, you pull on them for, <laughs> oh. for for experience and whatnot. But I'm gonna get i uh, am I'm I'm gonna get old Johnny D from Drag Racing Edge magazine. I think he's uh, out at Galat this week, so I'm sure when I get him on the phone here, we should at least be able to have some really good racer. You know, race car background sounds. We should hear some burnouts and you know, so forth going on. So we're really going to put our listeners in the moment, paint a good picture hey, for them.
1: We had that when I was on the when I was at the fling. So we're good.
2: Yeah, you had the blower car with the zoomies that had to warm up for yeah. forty five minutes. That was right outside the motorhome. That was awesome. And
1: I'm pretty sure that's the guy that beat me the next day, fourth round.
2: You're pretty sure?
1: I'm pretty sure because uh, I mean, I didn't see
2: whose car was running outside, but there was a guy that had it. But anyway, um, they unbelievable. Call him up. All right, let's see if we can get old Johnny D. on the phone here. John, you there?
0: Yeah, yeah but I'm, I'm kind of thinking about that old guy comment you just made.
2: Yeah. What, what, what are you thinking yeah, about Yeah, yeah. It? you stutter. Yeah, you stutter. Go ahead. <laughs> What's going on, John? Not much, buddy. How are you? Both of you, how are you? Well, we're I'm just uh...
1: living the American dream.
2: Is yes.
0: that what they call us?
2: Yeah, <laughs> Cam Cam calls it the dream, and I tell him, I tell everybody when they say that, I say, yeah, I'd hate to see what you think a nightmare looks like then. Yeah. No one, none of our listeners know this, but coming up soon next week, we will have a uh, a psychologist office that's going to be one of our sponsors for the, our podcast because we all definitely need therapy here in the motorsports world is there really
0: therapy for
2: racers well i course light. <laughs> light lots of it <laughs> there you go hey <laughs> john hey john we, we're we're all involved in this world and we don't really know how we i mean we most of us know how we got here the problem is we don't know how to get out you can't get out it, it's it's just you know
0: you're right. There is no rehab for this. We're in this deal, and if you think you're going to get out, you're sadly mistaken.
2: <laughs> it just it just continues on and on. And and I, you know, we alluded to the fact that you're at Galat. You're up there this weekend. Most of our listeners may or may not know, but Peter Biondo and Kyle Seipel they've they've created this brand, this spring fling, this experience, if you will. For bracket racers across the country that come from all over uh, to participate at this event, after they just finished up the the million in Vegas a few weeks ago, you, that you uh, you were out there for that. So uh, tell us tell us a little point of view as Cam and I were talking about Charlotte and coming out of the four wides. Cam and I were both there, and I brought up the whole fans, if you will, leaving the grandstands. After pro qualifying and heading out the gate, Let, let's let's have a little let's have a little comparison, which is tough to do because you know we're comparing bracket racing to NHRA, um, you know, entertainment, if you will. I think bracket racing is not necessarily an entertainment sport. Uh, that's a that's a true race deal. There's there's not much entertainment there. Everybody's there to race, and if there is some entertainment, it breaks out after the fact. Where NHRA racing is really about the show first and then the race second so let me uh give me and cam your your take on that
0: well i mean I, i'm with you that you know saturday night after qualifying was over or after fuel call qualifying was over I, I tried going up to the stage lanes because we still had some sportsman cars to run and going through the stage and la- i couldn't make it through the stage lanes it i swore somebody yelled fire <laughs> I mean, the people were emptying out of that place like it was just unbelievable. I, I don't I don't honestly know how you would even cure something like that.
1: Yeah, that was that was pretty bad because like, we were in the staging lanes when that happened. And and mind you, like I know that there was like a wind situation, like or for those of you that don't know, there was like crazy winds. And there was all this pollen that was going all over the track. And that was part of it. And then they tried to make they tried to make you know, one quad go down the track or whatever with the funny cars. And one car oiled the track, another car hit all the cones. And then they tried to put the new cones on the track and they wouldn't stick because the wind was so bad. So it was just, I think fans just ended up getting pissed off and cold. And, and I mean, I don't blame them for leaving, but like at the the end of the day, like they should have had stuff. I don't know. They should have explained it a little bit better. And, and I know that they were trying to get that one session in so they didn't have to give any refunds. Or whatever they do, and I know they had live TV for the second session, so they kind of just probably said, "Ah, screw it, we gotta we gotta figure out the live TV." And they were worried about live TV instead of their live fans, which. Yeah, I
0: mean, but then again, yeah, I mean, uh, but I think what Don was maybe talking about was Saturday night, right, Don?
2: Yeah. Well, Friday was Friday was
0: bad. I I mean, mean, Friday was horrible.
2: I think if you're an executive at NHRA, Friday friday posed your uh circumstances or a situation that that there truly was no right answer for them they had the only answer for them was to err on the side of caution if you will and safety of the racers um uh, and their equipment for that matter so friday i mean i told we were in the suite when they you know and and i was kind of sharing a conversation with megan meyer but i was like they're gonna win this out they're gonna they're gonna cancel they're gonna you know when it took so long when they kept going back and forth down the track with the drag mat trying to clean off the the yellow the yellow fuzz or pollen or whatever you want to say I was like they're gonna they're gonna push this they they have to they can't they can't take a chance here uh, but I mean, I'll
1: tell you as a dri- as a driver sitting in the staging lens in the car like i didn't i'm like i mean I'll do it I'm i guess sure. at least at least it's a tailwind. Wait, wait.
0: Did you really want to go down a racetrack Mm -hmm. at that point? I mean, as bad as it was.
1: No, and honestly, like, if it was a crosswind, I would have said no freaking way. But, I mean, it was at least a tail or even a headwind. Um, But it was a tailwind. But even still, like, everybody's talking in the lanes like, dude, what is going on out there, blah, blah, blah. And, like, I I didn't hear about the pollen part until, like, after I had gotten in the car and then got out of the car. And – but it was – I didn't, I was kind of like, oh man, I kind of hope they win this out because I mean, I, I didn't really want to go risk cause I don't own the car that I'm driving. So I don't, I don't want to get in a situation that isn't good for my health
0: or, <laughs> or anybody's yeah, no.
1: stuff, you know,
0: yeah. I, I, tell, I, mean, I, you know, in situations like that, I really, I really am happy that I'm not the one that has to make those kinds of decisions. Um, you know, I, I for many of you that maybe don't know, I mean, I live literally next door to Beaver Springs Dragway in Pennsylvania, and it, it, we, he had a big nostalgia event one Saturday, and, and I had no reason to go there or anything other than to just maybe hang out, but I woke up in the morning, and it's pouring rain, bad rain, and, and I look on my computer in my office, and it's green on the whole state of Pennsylvania. Next thing I know, he, the owner of the track comes walking into my door. And he says, the Internet went out at the track. Um, can I look at, at your radar? Yeah, sure. So he looks at my radar, and of course, I'm, he's sitting at my desk looking at my computer screen, and I'm standing behind him, and he pulls it up naturally, and it's green everywhere. And he turns to me, and he goes, man, what do you think? He says, you think I should pull it? I go, don't even think about asking me that question. That's all on you. You know, so what happens is he, he pulls the I got to pull it. He pulls the event and two hours later, the sun comes out. It, it, it's a no win situation in a situation that they were in Friday night. That's what they were in. They were in a no win situation. You guys, you know, I mean, Cam, you were in the lanes as a racer. You're thinking and pull the plug here. I do not want to go down the track, but then again, they got all these spectators in the stands that paid money to come and watch you guys go up and down the track. And oh yeah, I know, mean, it's, it, like you said, it's it's, it's, it's it's a no win.
1: No, and I, and I agree wholeheartedly to that because you don't want to you don't want to give these especially if there's new fans in the stands that's the biggest thing you know like yeah a, a seasoned fan kind of knows the deal like if i mean there's things you just can't control but if it's a new fan and and i feel like in charlotte there's a lot of new fans that go only because it's nascar country and it's a big beautiful facility blah 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 and they do a lot of promotions and different things to try to get people out there so it's like once you get somebody there and you're like oh shit like this sucks yeah, you know no, like yeah and then there then they're like oh let's just go home like i don't want to stand here and get wet and you know blah 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 and then 20 minutes later it's it's beautiful because then like for after the second session the wind kind of died down it was funny that everybody's like oh at 7:30 the wind's going to die down and at 7:29 it was like hey there it is like Ooh. like it was weird you know and everybody's what everybody says like on the east coast that's just what it's like you know wait 15 minutes and the the weather will change you know but well, yeah, I mean,
0: what do you do? Well, and I mean, I mean, that again, I mean, that was Friday night, you know, and that's like I said, that's a no win situation. But I think, you know, what Don was alluding to probably was Saturday night when it was just uh, you'd, somebody yelled fire. And I mean, you couldn't make it through. You had that one road that dissects the staging lanes or that one alley that dissects the staging lanes. And, and it was packed. I mean, it was wall to wall people trying to get out of there.
1: I don't think. I mean, this is a side conversation, but that whole like way, like getting the fans in there through the staging lands is a very
0: bad idea. Because <laughs> somebody, well, somebody's, you know, somebody's going to get hurt. I, I don't. You know, I, I write a blog every week. It's on our website, DragRacingEdge.com. But I mean, I wrote my. I, and, and I don't mean this with any disrespect, but I don't think that that track is very racer friendly, and and maybe part of it is it's not maybe it's not spectator friendly either i don't know i mean obviously i'm not a spectator so i don't i don't see what goes on but from a racer standpoint i mean cam you know it don you know it i mean it it's just not it's a great place i love the town um yeah i mean my son lives down there so that's really cool but it, it just it leaves a little to be desired as far as a racer is concerned um, but still, I mean, you still got you still got that problem. I mean, of uh, uh, how do you keep people in the stands? I I don't know.
2: Well, John. So Friday, the the announcing team for NHRA did a, what I think they did an awesome job explaining to the fans what the elements and the circumstances were and how they weren't going to put the drivers and their equipment at risk, that they were, they were making a safety call. And there was a couple of them, I think there was a couple comments that kind of painted the picture to allude to them as individuals in their own vehicles and their own driving habits of being safe, you know, and not taking that risk. So I thought that was great, right? So does that minimize it? Probably not as much as we'd like to, but at least a rational human being will be able to say... Okay, I understand why they're they're canceling this round on Saturday, when we had a beautiful day and everything kind of went off without a hitch, when it came time and that pro qualifying was ending and and that's funny you said they yelled fire uh it there it was like leading up to that there was no explanation or you know it was getting through the round and the information but it wasn't continuing to plant the seed and water the seed guys you you don't want to miss what's coming up you've got fourth round of pro mod qualifying you've got mountain motor pro stock guys chasing you know national et records you got factory stock showdown like the, the, just the planting the seed and continuing to water it to try to keep these fans in the stands uh, and not watch them make the mass exodus out of the racetrack, it was just, I I mean, I couldn't believe it. I just, uh, I could not believe it. I was speechless, and I'm sitting there going, that's not what my sponsors, NGK, the event, you know, the, the the title sponsor for the Charlotte race, The executives are up there in the suite and they're seeing all these people that are leaving that they're supposed to be trying to impact, you know, that they're trying to reach to sell product and brand exposure. And they're leaving out the racetrack.
0: I don't know how. I I mean, boy, I tell you one thing. I, I give the announcing crew, whoever they are. Well, we know who they are, but I give the announcing crew a lot of credit in in the fact that they can sell a qualifying show when there's only 14 or 15 cars. Um, <laughs> how do you make that exciting? I don't know. So, I mean, first of all, I think that they they deserve a lot of credit for doing things like that. But secondly, how do you how do you sell the excitement? How do you keep the excitement going? I, I just I don't will, know.
1: I will tell you. There's one thing that I saw over the weekend that I have to give a kudos to NHRA for finally doing it. I've been wanting them to do this for oh, I don't know, years. They in Friday night qualifying, they I first of all, mind you, I'm gonna preface this with I had no idea, so it scared the shit out of me when I was doing my burnout. But they had those like flamethrowers finally. So I felt I felt like I was it like a motocross yeah it's monster energy supercross <laughs> and i'm like doing my burnout first first reaction was oh shit i'm on fire on a burnout this is not good <laughs> and then i'm like oh wait a minute like they got deflated like hell yeah that's badass <laughs> and they like to have the music and stuff like so they're trying to make it more of a show and and that's cool like i thought it was really really cool because drag racing like nitro is fire like I mean, why didn't they do that years ago? Like, I mean, I don't know if that was just a Charlotte thing, but I hope it wasn't. I hope they bring those flamethrowers to every race. But I thought it was really cool. And But you have to do things like that in order to keep people in the seats. Because if not, the people that are in the seats, they can just go home and pull up their phone and see who the heck qualified or watch it. So why would they stay? Okay, okay so
0: I still get back to asking the question or what I think the question needs to be answered is, are we in the entertainment business or are we in a sanctioning body business?
2: <laughs> Come on, John. I mean, I, I, Come on, I, I John. Mean, We've had this. <laughs> how many holes on the golf course have we had this conversation? How many, how many times? Quite
0: a few. Quite a few. And, and see, you know, a couple of months ago, it might have even been the end of last year, in the PRI. Show or the PRI magazine, performance racing industry. They did an interview with Glenn Cromwell, who's the president, as we all know, of, of NHRA. And I don't remember how the question was posed, but some something of this to the same effect. Of, you know, are we in the ent- entertainment business? And he his comment was, "Yes, we are definitely in the entertainment business. And if we are in the entertainment business, then I think we need to bring those flamethrowers to every track." I'm also not sure that we need to run, and and I'm going to go out on a limb here and probably step on my you-know-what, but I don't think we need to have sportsman cars at certain national events. I agree. On this show. Make Uh, it a show.
2: I I totally agree with that, and and that goes... (laughs) John, we've had this conversation. We've had yeah, we've had this one. Yeah, we? We, we've I'm had, pretty sure we all have, but you let's,
1: know, let's, let's do it again.
2: Yeah, I I totally think that we should split the region, so split the schedule. I think that you should bring in NHRA should bring in some sportsman cars to kind of fast ones to kind of half fill. In or B filler in between the rounds and put on a great show. Uh, in that, you know, I even think an eight hour, uh, an eight hour window, what's a, uh, what's a baseball game. App, yes. Yeah. Baseball Absolutely. games.
0: App, you're, you're, getting, yeah. you're getting, to the right point.
2: Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, we, we need to acquire that. We also need to know that the eight hour window makes it awesome for social media. The eight hour window makes it great to be able to try to segment segment up, you know, 90 minutes if you need to do a tape delay or, or even a two hour live, Deal for tv um i also believe in that eight hour time frame that you can increase your your ad value or your your marketing partnerships for bigger companies for that time frame if you've got two days that are eight hour days kind of like a nascar format if you will you can have a bigger impact because people have more time to do other things when they come to town um but
1: But, yeah i mean and it's so easy to do that you have like for an eight hour you got top fuel funny car pro stock pro mod pro stock bike and maybe some fast bracket like a couple you know like an eight car shootout or something like they do in p or yeah pdra or maybe it's more but you know like boom like there you go like that would probably fill up enough time like the way and then make things you know make some rivalries or whatever and like get people like involved in that dude you got you got it handled you know what um, let's run for president for NHRA. You guys in? Yeah, yeah. No,
0: no, no. We tried. No, we're not doing that. No. Oh,
2: what they can have that. I'm just I,
1: kidding. If, what, we had all the, if we had all the answers, we'd rule the world. But, you know, they do the yeah. best
2: they can do. What, what I tell John, you know, I, 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 I wouldn't make I, it to lunch, I, England, or I wouldn't make it to lunch. <laughs> uh, they, they, they'd be able to pay me my check in peanuts in California. I wouldn't make it to lunch. <laughs>
1: Well, you it's because gas I, I is think, $9 a gallon, so
0: you couldn't take it much. <laughs> yeah, right. I think that, you know, you're right. I mean, we, they need to shorten the show up. I, I think that we should be using the alcohol cars more. You know, we always hear this talk about the sportsman drivers are going to graduate up in class and they're going to graduate into top fuel and whatever. That's just not true anymore i mean there are certain few that can do that i mean you're you're both shaking your heads i'm sure so uh but they can graduate out of top uh, out of alcohol classes um that's a fact okay but you know when i started racing and and i don't want to hear no crap about old guy crap Say here so but when i started (laughs) racing i could conceivably think that one day i'd be in a professional race car okay um Kids starting out these days, not that we have very many first-generation kids starting out, but kids starting out these days, they can't think about getting up into a fuel car. It's just not going to happen. If you don't have some money behind you, forget it. Now, we always hear about the Sean Langdons and the Erica Enders. And, yeah, I mean, there, there's oddities, or, or they're not really odd, but I mean, there's oddities to the, to the rule. But basically, that just doesn't happen in this day and age.
2: I think, so, this is going to circle back to something that I, I heard last week, and we don't have it in NHRA drag racing. NASCAR does. So, TRD, Toyota, invest dump truck loads of money in up-and-coming drivers in NASCAR, whether it's through the K&N series, uh, what do they call that, The the West Coast series, the arca i mean they have all these kids that go through and and they're tryouts and trd pushes them and they're funneling them through you know different teams kyle bush you know joe gibbs jgr whatever the case is they're grooming these kids for the future for that sport we don't really have something like that over here we don't have a farm system or um a team, let's say team owners, let's let's take somebody like Coletta or DSR or, or even, you know, John force or, and let's go to door car stuff. Let's do Pro Mon. Elite. Uh, we don't have AAP Bahrain. These guys aren't interested or they're not looking at it from the standpoint of grabbing hold of somebody and putting them through the, the, the ropes and the, the learning curves and stuff to further the sport in the future. We don't do that. It's not done in drag racing like it is in NASCAR, and I don't know. I don't know that we can do that because right now I don't think our dollar value exposure wise r- grabs the dollar amount like it still does over in NASCAR world. Well, I could be wrong.
1: Here, here's the thing: they there's there's teams that like most all pro teams do do that. Well, let me let me preface this with they do a driver development program but it's not a driver development program right i i've been involved in grumblings of this with with bigger teams but all it is is you just you sign you sign a piece of paper that says oh when you get three million dollars you can come drive for us that's not a driver development program a driver development program is if i sign my name on that piece of paper you better help me get into that seat so you're gonna invest in me you're gonna let me test on mondays you're gonna let me do all these things that are going to make me a better driver to make you money on the backside. Right. But they don't do that because it's all like all these teams. Unfortunately, I, I hate to say it, but it's just, well, how much money can you bring? You know, and it has nothing to do with driver skill, unfortunately, anymore. And in NASCAR, you can, you can show your driving skills a little bit more because it's a longer race, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, I'm not, and there's a lot of skill that needs to be, that you have to have to drag race. Like I, I hate to say it. Like I'll argue that all day long. Oh, you just go straight. Blah blah blah. No, no. That there's that's not it. And then plus going down the track isn't just being a driver. Like you have to you you have to learn how to do all the media stuff. You have to learn how to present yourself. You have to learn how to be a businessman. You have like all these other things. Like so. But how are these kids going to learn? But there's no
0: opportunity. Well, so okay, so then, is these driver development programs that we hear about, are they real, or are they just, as you say? I mean, I it's just some bring me money unicorn. That, that's it. Yeah, they they. It's a it's a
1: way of saying like, hey, we have a little bit of money behind me, and so we're gonna we're gonna do this, so that way we try to get more money. I mean, not I'm not saying that teams are trying to make more money. I'm just trying to. I'm saying like, oh, like, corporate America wise, like oh we have this person over here that is going to be the next best thing. We just need a little bit more to get them over the hump. And it's more of a sales tactic than it is a driving,
0: a, a person learning the business or the driving so, aspect. So of then it. it's not as real as we might be led to believe in
1: my experience. No, but I mean, I could be wrong. I've, I can only speak on the experiences that I've had but well
2: let's go with we can add into that because let's take somebody like let's say dsr dsr i think started the year out with like 12 or 15 races between Hagen and pritchett that were not funded or something somewhere in that ballpark they had unfunded inventory for this year now as a team owner or an executive in that organization, I'm gonna have a hard time trying to pitch a racer to sponsors to sign them to put them in a car when I've got 15 or 12 or 10 or whatever it is, events of inventory that's open when I got Matt Hagen and Leah Pritchett. How, how How am I over here pitching company X about driver Y, for 2020 or late 2019 and I got two of two of my best in my umbrella that have unfunded events.
1: No and and that's the problem. Like with with all motorsports, I mean drag racing in general, like there's just not enough money for the world to go around. And it's very unfortunate because I mean there's there's a ton of drivers out there that are amazing drivers that never got the opportunity because there just wasn't the funding. And, you know, the days of of the Miller Lights, you know, the the Larry Dixons and, you know, that were crew guys and learned like I almost think that was more of a driver development program than what we have these days, because he learned he learned how to work on the car. He ran around with the snake or whatever, and then he got the opportunity and he made really good money, you know, because there was the sponsorships, you know, he you know, I don't know what's financial whatever, but I'm just saying like back then as a driver, you
0: could be a paid driver. Now you're a paying driver. So, yeah but it it goes back to the same problem that we have in our whole sport. we We do not have first generation kids coming into the sport. We've nope. got second, third, sometimes even fourths. But I mean, I'm a first generation racer, okay? I, you just don't have that nowadays for whatever reason.
1: No, I agree because i I'm a
0: first generation racer as well, and it, I mean it's, so, it's a so then let me ask you, okay, so then let me ask you the question. What made you get hooked on this? Other than stupidity, maybe. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hated money, so I wanted to spend it. No. <laughs> uh,
1: um, honestly, like, because my dad, my dad owns a graphics business, so he's always painted race cars and helmets and all that, and we went to the drag races, and I was like, oh my God, like, I saw, I went to Pomona, and I'm like, this is amazing, like, this is badass, you know, and I'm eight years old, and I'm seeing a top fuel car go down the track, I'm like, whoa, like. I want this to get involved in this. This is it. You know, I just fell in love with it. And, and I had experience, like I raced BMX for a long time. I raced motorcycles. So like I knew things about you know, racing and, you know, but it was, it wasn't a car. And then I, and then I walked down the stands and saw Junior Dragsters on display and I'm like, it's, it's a <laughs> You get it? It's me. A shoe. Yeah. <laughs> like it was like a big ray of light, you know, shining on it. It's like, <laughs> but I, you know, and then it wasn't like my dad just went out and bought me a junior dragster the next day. Like, I mean, it took me like five years to figure out how to six years, how to do it. You know, cause I did it
0: myself. My parents didn't buy it, you know? I, so, so why don't we have kids these days doing that? I don't Is know. It, because there's so many other, you know, I, I, I remember sitting with Jason line one time, pro stock driver and, and his kid, we were in his trailer, uh, up in the, in the bunk, whatever. Um, and his kids happened to be in there and we were talking about this very same thing if I remember correctly. And he said that he said it kids just don't do that anymore. He said, Look at them and he pointed to his kids and they were both playing on phones or whatever they were playing on, you know. Because why um, risk
1: your life when when you can just do this? You know, you yeah, can yeah. you can play you yeah. can play the game, you can play you know. What amazes me these days is the cool thing is if you're a kid, you can be a professional gamer.
0: Yeah, that which is getting very, very big, bigger like, than NHRE is you, ever gonna be.
1: I mean <laughs> you can you can make a lot of money being a being a Nintendo player. Like I never yeah. got it really I mean I had Nintendo, but I was never like a gamer. And I, I look at that and I'm just like okay, so you don't have to work out, you don't have to struggle, <laughs> you don't have to necessarily do anything other than, you know, worry about carpal yep. tunnel in your thumbs, I guess. But that's just the modern day yeah, era because it I, I mean, it, it, I think I guess it goes back to a lot of different things, but like even in school, like when I was a millennial here, Don likes to talk about the millennials and gives me shit because I'm a millennial. But like when you're in high school, well, he gives like, me
0: shit about being an old man, too. So <laughs> I
1: don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're going to have to, you know, get on him for <laughs> something here in a second. <laughs> yeah. But it's like when you're growing up, everything is computer, computer, computer. Like, it's not like, hey, go to auto shop and learn how to build an engine. Or, I mean, it was for me because I was interested in it, but they struggled to fill the classes. You know, yeah. it's it, it, okay. it's just society, I think. Uh, he, he, see, I'm teeing I him got, up here.
2: Okay. Hold on. Wait.
0: Here we go. Here we go. Hashtag
2: no this No, this <laughs> is a fact. It's it's a drag racing it's a drag racing problem. It's not a motorsports mm-hmm. as a whole problem. Circle track guys, NASCAR, sprint cars, mini sprints, four tens, winged, uh, open wheel modifieds. These guys, they their sports not not having the the influx issues that we are. Or I shouldn't say why. You know, I, why? So does that. Is that a, a, let's let's call it, let's do Fer, Ferris Bueller, trickle-down? Is that a trickle-down deal? NASCAR NASCAR was at its height, if you think about it. Generationally speaking, NASCAR was in its height when some of these kids, parents were kids and young adults and growing up. And now they saw and they feel like it's still the push for where the money is for opportunities in circle track versus drag racing anybody want okay. anybody, anybody want to argue that
0: no absolutely yeah, not.
2: no no there's more so, opportunity so what, out okay, there but
0: okay so is drag racing dying i don't think so not when i come to a race like here at a lot well of course this is a pre entered field of of three hundred and eighty five racers where the entry list got filled up in less than seven minutes or eight minutes, something like that. We're at, at the fling in Vegas, the million. I mean, Cam, you were there. There was five hundred what eighty eight or eight whatever it was. I mean you, you had racers, you know, knocking down the door just to get in. The the five hundred K race That these boys are going to be putting on in September. I mean, that entry list, they wanted 385, that got filled in three minutes. So, I mean, the popularity, I think, of drag racing is still there. The problem we have in drag racing, I almost think, is that we've, and this is a good thing really, is that we've become very splintered. There are so many different facets of drag racing. I mean, NHRA might be at the top, but. I mean you've got outlaw, you got bracket racing and and, and I'll tell you, I mean, more and more you're starting to see guys leave NHRA racing and not leave racing, they're coming here drag racing. I mean I was
1: you know, I was just gonna say that. Right? I, I agree with you because there like like you said, the spring fling, there's five hundred and some odd some odd entries, right? Drag racing as a oh. whole is not dying. Drag racing as a whole, I feel like That's is right. on the is on That's the rise, but I feel like professional racing in drag racing because there's only one pinnacle of the sport right or so we say nhra top fuel professional top fuel funny car pro stock right that's the pinnacle in nascar sprint car dirt track we talk about this all the time there's so many more opportunities to become a quote unquote professional and to make a living or get paid shall i say to drive a car in drag racing it used to be, you know, oh, top fuel funny car. So, I mean, how many top fuel cars are there in the world currently running? 30 maybe, maybe, right? So, the opportunity just isn't there, right? So, but you can, I mean, hell, I can guarantee you <laughs> Luke Bogacki, professional bracket racer is making a hell of a lot more money than than I am, for sure. And I'm considered a professional top fuel racer right so yeah there's other ways to make money now so I feel like the the big show is 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 just that a big show like eventually well, is the like, big,
0: okay so is the big show what's dying
1: I kind of would agree with that is, is, I mean I mean you know we I mean on our you, end on our side
0: you're a Southern California boy okay obviously because you're a millennial can I use that term <laughs>
2: yes you yep. can
0: you you don't you, you weren't around when Lions had 64 cars 64 fuel cars showing up on a Saturday night or 64 funny, 32 funny car shows and so on and so forth but I mean that whole portion of drag racing, that professional end is slipping away can we say that? I, I mean that might be the easiest way it, it, you know when you can't get 16 cars to show up at a national event, Um, things are getting tough and it gets back the money though.
1: I feel, I also feel like, you know, you have all these like street outlaw stuff and and all that. Now, mind you, that's not necessarily my cup of tea, but I appreciate it. And what I appreciate of that is I feel like that kind of stuff, I think I've talked about this in a previous episode too. I feel like that like era, like what what do they call that? No prep Kings thing or is that what it is? Right. Yeah. That, I feel like, is now the modern-day SoCal, Lions Drag Strip, Orange County Raceway, because you can get a couple guys together that make an okay living, and they can build this car, and they can go run the shit out of it, and they can go back to work on Monday. And they can have all the hoopla, blah, 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 because that's how it was back in the day. It's not this traveling circus. I mean, yeah, there was traveling match race guys or whatever, but... It's more of something that's it's attainable, and you can go fast and you can have the social media following and, and be on Discovery Channel or whatever you want it to be. Sell t-shirts and yeah, sell t-shirts and be cool. and but that I mean, everybody just wants to be cool, right? So I mean what you can do that for a lot less money.
0: Well, what might be interesting is the fact that so you know, I mean, the three of us were all motorsports gearhead so to speak and we look at all different other kinds of racing but what might be interesting is if we could get a dirt track racer or a late model racer or whatever to get him if he understood drag racing the way we somewhat understand their sport to get their feelings on on just where they think we're going versus where they think they're going I, I almost I almost believe that if we got somebody like that, he might have the same take on his sport that we have on ours. I was just gonna say, I
1: feel like sometimes that you know us being so enthralled in the industry is we're we're too close to the pulse, so you your views get swayed or whatever because that's all you know and that's all you see, and then but then if you walk down the street and I go to the beach and some guy says, "Oh, you race cars? That's badass!" Like, cause they know nothing about it, like they all they know is they go to the they go to pomona raceway and and watch cars and you're like oh you're one of those guys that's cool you know but yeah Yeah. it's 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 hard to say it sounds like there's going to be a lot of new articles in drag racing edge here coming up (laughs) (laughs) one thing we didn't talk about is is johnny tell everybody like a little bit about yourself like we kind of we kind of slipped over that part tell tell everybody how awesome you are and like Oh, how yeah, cool your magazine really
0: is. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I still got to worry come Monday morning when I get back in my office how to pay the bills. So yeah, because it's... this is going to come out and you're going to be like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, you know, but again, I mean, I, I got started because cars were cool. I mean, my parents were, my father was, um, he wasn't a gearhead. He was me- very mechanically inclined, but I mean, he was not a racer. But he took me to English Town when I was a little kid, and I saw Don Garlos match racing, and I thought, "This is some pretty cool shit." This, you know, and and that's probably how it all got started, and it just got worse and worse. <laughs> but it it's just, you know, we talked about this earlier. I mean, it, it becomes a sickness too. It becomes a a drug. You know, we always kid each other that you know, we got the needle stuck in our arm and we can't get it out, and, and there is no rehab for that, but it's a good thing, I mean, there's a lot worse things that we could be doing, than out here, you know, on a hot, sunny day, in my case, watching cars and taking photographs of cars going up and down the track, but I mean, you got almost 300, 400 cars here, I mean, and guys, are, everybody's having a good time, it's a, it's a family affair, it really is. I, I wish... You know, I've said this, but invariably, when we go to an NHRA national or Lucas Oil drag racing series divisional event, you always get a bunch of racers hanging around at night, and the talk always, and and, and I think Donald agree with me on this, you, you always come around to the fact of NHRA sucks. For whatever reason, and excuse the language, but it's the truth, okay? Tech, parking, pits, uh, whatever, okay? And, and sometimes it's not in a bad way, um, but it's just, it's like we're talking right here. I mean, we're talking about things that we see wrong or that we'd like to see better. But you come to these big bracket races, and you get the same number of guys hanging around at night, and the biggest thing that they're bitching about is crap. I ran out of beer. I ran out of propane for the grill. Uh, You know, they're having a good time. They're happy. They're happy to be here. They enjoy it. And that's something that I think I I think it's missing over in NHRA. I I just do. And, And I think that that's why you're starting to see guys leave that venue and come to races like we have here this weekend. I mean, Cam, you went to you know, you went to Vegas. Sean Langdon was in Vegas. Um, was probably Spencer, Spencer Massey, was- Massey. Spencer Massey was there. You know, here you got... Uh, Jeggy is here racing his three cars or whatever he's got. Uh, Ken Hanley with his Super Stalker is here. Fletcher is here. I, they, they're just... They want to have fun. We got into this sport to have fun. And if you're going to a race and you're not having fun... You need to go do something else. And if it means going fishing instead of going racing, God bless you. Go fishing. Or play golf.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, we have... John's been
1: way too quiet for too long. Look at him.
0: We, but oh, no, but it's, because, he knows, because he knows we've spent 18 holes talking about this too many times. <laughs>
2: I, I mean, it just... It seems like that... How do we not? How do we not understand? How do we not listen? Where Where does, you know, um, someone told me last week they uh, we were talking about something very similar to this and topic. It was around you know happiness, if you will, or success in drag racing. And he looked at me and he says, "Stop trying to bring logic into this." <laughs> and and I looked at him and I went, "Man, it's true." Um, you know. The thing that I always get, and John, you got it right there where you're at in Galat this weekend. You had 385 guys there. I bet if you go through there and look through the tech cards, about 70% of those guys are successful business owners to be able to afford to be there, take the time off to be there as long as they are, and so forth. They're 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 probably pretty successful in life because this is not a cheap sport at all, at any level. Bracket racing, no prep, NHRA. <clears throat> excuse me oh, you're right you're you know, right so for us to go to you know if you start at the top and work your way down i, I mean the no fun nationals somebody <laughs> look i literally had someone tell me on sunday morning in charlotte hey your dog can't go to the bathroom there <laughs> what <laughs> I, I looked at him and i said huh and they said, your dog can't go to the bathroom there. You need to go down there. It's grass. <laughs> <laughs> they literally were paying somebody to stand there and, and tell, you, tell you where your dog can go to the bathroom. Guys, there are bigger problems than worrying about where the dog goes Absolutely. to the bathroom. And Absolutely. And that's, you know, I, I told my wife, I'm like, are you kidding me? So,
0: okay. So have we gotten too big for our bridges there?
2: We're worrying about things that don't matter. We are truly, truly, we have signed exclusive deals. We've, we've locked ourselves, we've painted ourselves into a corner and we're just making decisions because we think they need to be made. But in the end, we're too afraid to say, okay, guys, we made a mistake on that. It's something about today in some and John don't take offense to this but older individuals seem to have a problem at times in business owning up to making mistakes on decisions knee-jerk reactions
0: have we been doing this too long I've had this same conversation (laughs) with John Asher a million times uh and a lot of the other photographers and and even racers Fletcher and I have had this conversation a million times Maybe we've been doing this too long. Maybe, you know, we get jaded and now all of a sudden, you know, we used to be able to take our dog over here to let him do his business. And now when we're not allowed to do that, we think, "Whoa, wait a minute, something's wrong. But it's, it, it's, it's just, it's tough. It really is. And, and I think, you know, a lot of us have a passion for doing this sport. We want to see it survive. We don't want to see it die. And sometimes, when we see things going wrong that we think shouldn't be done, uh, we get we get mad, we get yeah. pissed off. And, well,
1: what do they say you're supposed to like? I mean, just even in life, every ten years, career change because your 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 mindset and your attitudes change. They yet, and, and yet we've been we've all. I mean, I've been doing this for twenty years, so. Yeah, and you guys have been doing it for longer, so it's like Oh, wait
0: like, a minute. Our, Come on now. Don't
2: struggle. <laughs>
0: well, I've been doing it for 20, I've been doing it for like 21 years, right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah, it wasn't more than. that yeah, yeah. I, I won Super Stock in 13 at Norwalk and somebody came up to me and said, "Well, oh, now I hadn't been driving a Super Stock car for a while, I guess." We'll leave it at that. But anyway, he said to me, "You know, um uh, he said I can't believe you see how quickly you got acclimated to driving a bottom bulb and he says when was the last time you drove a bottom bulb race and I go wasn't now this is 2013 I, I said it wasn't that long ago I said it was probably mid 80s and, <laughs> and I go, oh, crap that was a long time ago so you know yeah I, I saw a license plate you know we used to go to the Moroso 5 day which oh, is in November yeah. 5 day bracket ships. I mean it, since day one i mean it started in i don't know 80 whatever okay and, and i saw a license and they used to give out you know in the bag they would give out license plates and i saw a license plate on a guy's motorhome here the other day and it was from the 97 race and i'm looking at it and i'm going wow at 97 i mean i was there and then i think crap that was 22 years ago <laughs> you know? so I, I i think that You know, like I said, I think sometimes we've been doing this so long that we become jaded. And and we, as Fletcher put it, we become like the old man sitting on his porch yelling at the kids. Get off my my lawn. lawn. There we go.
2: (laughs) And it's true. Yes, very much so. Very much so. Well, John, I greatly appreciate you taking time out of your week to uh, jump on with Cam and I and kind of i guess you could say play uh fish in the barrel or or dartboard uh excuse and comments these and are, criticisms these are
1: my these are my favorite episodes that just
0: talk about nothing but we always I really, yeah, yeah. you know what I, I really appreciate you guys having me on i mean it, it it's it's just cool to sit you know, Don and I might spend 18 holes talking about this, but now to talk about it live on on the air and in in front of all your viewers or not viewers, listeners, whatever you want to call them, it's it's cool. It really is.
2: Well, I don't think that can Neither Cam nor myself, either one of us, are going to have any um, any HR people calling us from NHRA anytime <laughs> soon. But, no, not but yeah, but but the whole thing with it is too is that. You know, I had someone send me a message one time that, like, man, why do you race an HRA and you bag on them so hard? And I said, it's, I'm not bagging. I, I promise you that for every time that Cam and I complain about something or say that we have a problem, I promise you I got three solutions. Now, they might not matter, they might not be what you want on your bottom line on your expense sheet. But I got three solutions. I, I, it, it's not. I don't have just a complaint for the jar and nothing for the solution jar. So I love the sport. I'm with you, John. Cam. I mean, we're passionate about it. I mean, heck, we're running a podcast and we talk about trying to raise money and and do things in motorsports and have careers in it. So
1: to play in their arenas and that's the thing. Like, I mean, yes, we'll get nice here. I mean, we're not we're not just out here like Don said to to just bash on sanctioning bodies or anything because hey we're not running the show and there's a lot of things that people don't see and you know everybody can be everybody can be a monday morning quarterback and you know especially when it comes to that kind of stuff and you know we appreciate what they do do and and i will say like this year i'm starting to see them trying to do things just little things that to make the sport better you know i mean it could it be the answer
0: i don't know we'll see you know, they, they NHRA needs to be applauded for, I guess, Wally Parks, really, but to bring drag racing, you know, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, drag racing was NHRA, basically, nothing else, okay, they birthed this sport to a point now where it's taken on a life of its own if nhra and i don't think this is going to happen we don't think but if nhra ihra pdr if they were to go out of business tomorrow you'd still have racing at galat here every weekend or or you know charlotte or or whatnot um Drag racing has taken on a life of its own, but NHRA needs to be commended for bringing it to the point, to where it is today. They really do, and and you know, like you say, I mean, there's a lot of people. We don't see a lot of the things that happen behind the doors, and, and maybe that's good. You know, once those those board of director meetings close, the door closes. God knows what goes on in there. I mean, we we might have our ideas, but um, puppet master but show this, yeah, right, exactly. You know, shooting darts at a dartboard to figure out, you know, let's see, what race are we going to this week? Or how much horsepower should we put on the 350 Chevrolet engines here? And we, we kid about all of that. But, I mean, it it's true in the fact that, you know, as I said, and you guys have alluded to it, it's we don't see what goes on behind closed doors. We can make assumptions. We can make suggestions. If they listen, they listen. If they don't they don't we're still going
2: to be here for sure absolutely totally agree well John you get back to business there at Galat I hope Kyle and Peter have a great uh, great event sounds like it has started out that way hope it ends that way Cam, I know you got to play uh, O.J. Simpson. You and Ange got to get to running through an airport <laughs> to catch a plane. Uh, I wasn't talking oh. about the white Bronco. Sorry. I was going to say, I don't uh, know. <laughs> 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 sorry, O.J., bad, bad, bad <laughs> analogy there. Uh, but I remember O.J. running through the airport to catch the plane. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so there we go. But uh, we're going to get out of here. Thanks again, John. Uh, Cam, good luck this weekend in Atlanta. John, Thank you. enjoy a And uh, to all our listeners out there, please go rate, review, subscribe, buy our T-shirts. Thanks to uh, Race Pack, Voice America, and Streetway Marketing Media for allowing us to all take time out uh, to do this podcast.
1: And Drag Racing Edge, everybody go get the magazine. It's it's best. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe.
0: Can I say
2: that? Yes, you can. You can go over, follow John and Drag Racing Edge on Facebook. He does a weekly blog. He also does uh, every other day columns and so forth. Uh, Just wrote one about retirement. So for us out there racing, so go give them a look and i
0: still don't know what that is you haven't explained that one uh, yeah
2: uh, it's uh, once again it's stupid we're never going to achieve it <laughs> so thank every- you very much guys thanks john thanks thank for you. having us on cam good luck you and Ann's travel safe and i will chat with y'all next week later see ya Let's put it-